Mac Prospectus Audio. Obviously, the talk of the NFL draft was not about the 254 names that were called. From the Mac's perspective, it was about the one guy, well, more than one guy, but one guy in particular that wasn't called, and that's Tyree Jackson, who eventually signed as an undrafted free agent. Tyree Jackson wasn't drafted. Let me just start by saying that congrats to me for getting my hot take right. I do not have to get the old takes exposed treatment, which I'm very thankful. And so I'm just wondering if I should do more hot takes on this show since I'm now uh, not one for one, because whenever I did my first preview for this thing, which, you know, I didn't do many, but I digress. Um, you know, I, I remember I did start things off by saying I have a hot take and it's that Tyree Jackson won't get drafted. And since I said that a couple days later, I'm like, I feel very confident about that. And then every day since, you know, then and Friday and Saturday, I started feeling like I had gotten that wrong. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm going to get this wrong. God damn it. I'm going to get old takes exposed by the two people that listen to this show. But no, that's not true. Both of you can uh, wait wait for another day for me to get something stupidly wrong. But Tyree Jackson, he was not drafted, which which does suck. It really does. You know, he he left school early. He could have stayed at Buffalo for another year. He could have gone and been a grad transfer. He could have, you know, if he would have stuck around in the portal long enough, he could have waited for Dan Enos uh, to make his move from Bama to Miami. Um, but by then, Tyree said, nope, 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 I'm going pro. And I had read that situation as, you know, he's been – he knew he was going pro in, like, June 2018. At that point, we, you could kind of see that a mile away. The writing's on the wall. You got a, you know, you got a system that works for guys that can leave early if they produce young enough. Tyree Jackson was at that stage where, you know, he was going to have his junior season. He could leave right after that. Uh, Anthony Johnson, his number one target, was coming up on his senior year. People were thinking at the time that he was a first-round draft pick uh, to be. And more on that later, but, you know, people thought very, very highly of a very skilled, um, very seasoned wide receiver that has gone through the Juco route and has a nastiness to him, has a hunger to him, has an NFL family, so it's just in his blood. He's, you know, he's got roots. And the whole team around Buffalo was primed to be really, really interesting. And people looked at the schedule and said, you know, that's a 7-0 and start if they don't screw up. They're screw up and kind of, uh, you know, I think that would include a, uh, a victory over Army, too. Because I think they were like week three or four, but it doesn't matter. Everything was looking really good for Buffalo and for Tyree Jackson, especially since that's who we're supposed to be talking about here. Tyree Jackson, he had a big arm, dual threat guy, a little bit of an injury history, uh, you know, and whatever negative you could say about him as a junior or maybe even his sophomore year, it doesn't matter because everything that matters most is what happens with the last season. Because that, the 2018 season, no matter what, was going to define how he got himself into the NFL. And sure, that's easy to say in hindsight, but we could have all easily saw that coming in June, right? Because I'm sure he did, and I'm sure everyone around him thought the same because he had that potential and he deserved it huge guy six seven was pushing 250 at a time where you know guys his size guys his height guys his weight uh guys with 
the same pluses and minuses that he showed, they were getting picked very early. They were getting picked first round. I mean, Josh Allen, now his teammate at Buffalo, with the Bills, that is. Um, I should probably differentiate myself when I start talking about these guys' careers in the NFL and staying in the same city. But, you know, Tyree Jackson, uh, he was pretty exciting. It was just a question of, can't he put it all together? And in 2018, you know, he impressed. He won Mac Offensive Player of the Year for his career. He was one yard shy of 7,000 passing yards, uh, was one touchdown shy of 50, uh, was one one interception shy of 25, uh, had a career QBR of 129.3. But the thing is, is that from his junior year to senior year, you kind of saw, like, I don't know, it was just, his stat lines just kind of looked weird. His junior year, he missed a few games with an injury. Um, when he came back from from injury, it was pretty much, um, I think he had like four games pre-injury, four games post-injury, but, you know, in the, in the games after his injury, when he came back from that knee injury, he didn't run as much. I think he had only like less, fewer than 10 uh, rushing attempts. I know that much. But in 2018, his offensive line, for one, didn't allow a sack until week five or six against Toledo. Uh, so they definitely held their own. Uh, you would think that with an NFL caliber quarterback that everyone keeps trying to hype up in front of the best possible offensive line that you can get. Um, and yeah, the, the no sack thing, that was, that was a pattern throughout. That was a pattern throughout the season. Everything was looking perfect for 2018. And in this, uh, between his 2017 and 2018 seasons, uh, his completion percentage dropped from 60% to 55%. His passing yards went up from, let's let's call it 2,100 to 3,100. Uh, his yards per attempt dropped from 8.8 .8 to 7 point yards, yards per attempt. Um, his TD to interception ratio changed uh, from 12.3 to 28.12. And his QBR dropped from 148 to 136. I don't know. It was weird. He still made some plays. He still flashed, you know, the arm. He's flashed the cannon. But the one thing I always go to, it's the long of it and the short of it with Tyree. It's that his good film was good. And his bad film was horrendous. And I really think a lot of the fans, and, you know, it's fine. You know, not everyone has to rewatch college football games. Uh, I don't expect all fans to be nerds. But I'm lame, and I don't have a life. So I rewatched a lot of Tyree Jackson. He was very fun to watch. A lot. Um, but what made him fun was that, you know, because I'm a masochist, he was very vulnerable to himself. He would make a good play, and then he would have a really bad interception. Or he would just have a dumb incompletion that he shouldn't because of bad mechanics. So honestly... Before you at me and say, no, 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 you're dumb. Tyree Jackson definitely deserved a draft, you know, a draft pick. I dare you to go to YouTube. I dare you to just rewatch Tyree. Just take an hour out of your day. Seriously, just do it. And have a piece of paper and a pen in front of you. And play for play, just write down the good and the bad that you see out of Tyree. All right? And don't just say, well, the pass is complete, so it must be good. 
because just because it was a complete a complete pass, it doesn't mean it was a good pass. Um, and you know you can say the same for inter- for incompletes too. But the more you watch Tyree Jackson, the more you realize that you know, sure, sure, Tyree Jackson to the NFL, no matter what, was going is going to be a backup guy, and is going to have to get seasoned and coached well because obviously. He did not get coached well growing up and did not get coached well enough in college. And sure, that's going to be the case in the NFL, but how how many things do we have to work on here? And by the time we get this guy ready to play, has it, was it really worth all the investment? I think that's the thing that, that teams kind of had to look at here and seeing a project quarterback because it's one thing to have a project quarterback come to college. It's another thing to have a project quarterback come to the NFL. You know, we can keep saying like the Aaron Rodgers comparisons all the time, but Aaron Rodgers was actually really, really good coming out of Cal and really, really promising and really deserving a first round pick. Tyree Jackson was really probably deserving of a fifth round pick. But I understand why teams kind of said no. And uh, But seriously, congrats to him to go into the Bills because he definitely deserves a shot. Um, and I really hope he puts it all together. I really, man, would have been so cool if he could have put it all together in Buffalo. It could have been really, really good. Okay, enough of that. We need to talk about the people that actually did get drafted because the Mac had nine of them nine of them uh nine that's the most since 2017 when 11 players were picked um and the last time another nine was picked was in 2009 when exactly nine were picked um i'm gonna go backwards here 2018 five guys were picked 2017 11 2016 five players 2015 four 2014 seven 2013 six 2012 five 2011, just one. 2010, five. And then obviously 2009, 2008, nine each. So overall, that's a, you know, that's a really good year. And a lot of these guys, uh, like Tyree, left a year early. Uh, first guy off the board, one of the guys that left early. That'd be Sean Bunting, who was the, uh, the covering clobber as just to steal uh, Dane Brugler from The Athletic, to steal his phrase. Uh, I don't know if it's his phrase per se, but I've always, I've only seen it from him, so I'm going to keep using it and credit him only. Um, but, you know, Sean Bunting, after his really impressive combine uh, and leaving school a year early, obviously he provided really good film, but, you know, he really, really got everyone's attention at the combine and so forth. Um, his speed's going to play in the NFL, and he was the 39th overall pick in the second round by Tampa Bay. So good on him. Got some stats for, for Bunting as well. Uh, in the three seasons that he played for CMU, he had 104 total tackles, 15 passes defended, five in each year. Uh, the last two years, he had two forced fumbles each, so four total for his career. Nine interceptions, uh, two as a redshirt freshman, five as a redshirt sophomore, and then his junior season, uh, just two more. Let's see, three and a half tackles for loss. Three of them came this year. Uh, again, out of the corner slot. You know, he, he's he's pretty fun to watch. Um, so, 
Yeah, I don't really have too much to say other than the fact that, I mean, he was the first Mac guy off the board and the top 40 pick. Um, not a reach at all. I think Tampa fans should be very, very excited. Not that Tampa fans listen to this. Um, but yeah, good for him. Mac Sharping, uh, also not surprised that he went in the second round, 55th overall, to Houston. Uh, people know him as a very, very smart tackle he didn't let up a sack i believe until the iowa game which was his senior year um some combine results he had 27 reps on the bench had a 28 inch vert uh, 108 inch uh, on the broad jump uh has a 20 yard shuttle of 4.69 seconds of course that's the only reason why i had to read that um and nfl.com on their little grading system you know Take it for what it's worth. Uh, but the grade that they gave him says that he has a chance to be an NFL starter. Uh, and I endorse that because he's a Mac guy. And this is a Mac podcast. And this is the next player who was taken off the board. Third round, Pittsburgh Steelers. They ended up getting two Mac guys. Uh, but the first one they got was Deontay Johnson in the third round. Uh, 66 overall. That, that made my... Uh, that really, that really impressed me. Yeah, I was very excited after that. Did not think he was going to go that early. I'm not surprised he got drafted. Uh, he's a very explosive outside receiver. Uh, obviously, you know, people are going to draw the comparisons between Deontay Johnson and, of course, Antonio Brown. Both Mac guys that the Steelers drafted. Um Obviously, Brown is gone now, and Johnson comes in. You know, he's expected to compete right away. Obviously, you don't burn a third-round draft pick on someone like that, you know, unless you're the Giants. But, you know, that's a joke for another day. But Deontay, he was really, really awesome when he came into the scene. Uh, after Cody Thompson had a really bad injury, his, uh, his true senior season in 2017... Deontay Johnson really stole the show, and he, he him and Anthony Johnson... Uh, on as wide receivers on two different teams in two different divisions on the league were both impressing right away f- with their breakout seasons. Uh, but Deontay, uh, over his career, he had 135 receptions for over 2,000 yards, uh, 23 total touchdowns. Uh, yeah, which is really awesome. Oh, yeah, and he was also a, uh, a kick and punt return guy. Uh, he had... 78 total kick returns for 1,800 yards. Uh, scored twice. Scored twice. Um, Deontay, the thing is, is just, and it's, it's honestly, this is not a slight to him at all. Obviously, you'll find out now that I just wish that Toledo would have had a better quarterback to give him more film for us to, you know, if, I don't know, if critique. You know, some people are going to critique it. I would critique it, but just enjoy, you know. Uh, there are plenty of times where Mitch Guadagni would underthrow him on screenplays. And, you know, you just want Deontay Johnson to just get the ball and see what he does to make his own uh, make his own room. To juke a guy right out of his shoelaces. To jump over Montre Gregory or something. I don't know. But, yeah, Deontay Johnson, third-round pick. Uh, he's definitely the uh, the earliest wide receiver picked from Toledo. 
Uh, he's only the fourth wide receiver picked. This is your reminder that Eric Page was not an NFL draft pick. That's right, Eric Page, the guy. My boy Max Crosby, uh, he had to wait until day three, but he didn't have to wait long, long on day three. Max Crosby drafted early fourth round, 106th overall by uh, the John Gruden Raiders. Soon he'll be playing in Las Vegas, but for now he'll be in the Bay Area. Uh, Max Crosby, one of the more, God, what a really, really good value pick. Not I'm not saying that as a biased guy. No, I am biased, but by and large, people that really pay attention to this shit, they know that this was a very good value pick. Very electric motor when he plays. Ve- plays very excited. Plays very twitchy. Uses his hands a lot. And, you know, the only thing that people are really saying is just that he needs to put on weight. But once he puts on weight... Max Crosby, it's going to be something else. He was a he was a defensive uh, end. He was an edge rusher at EMU. He was listed at six five two fifty ish. Obviously, he has to bulk up there, but you know he's probably not going to play defensive line as an NFL, you know NFL defenseman. Uh, he'll likely just end up as a linebacker, probably on the outside with a coverage role. But you know, I'd like to see where his versatility takes him because he definitely has that. And plus, with his with his wingspan too, uh, it's going to add another another element to his game if he keeps his keeps his athleticism, keeps being able to run sideline to sideline, and if he, you know, I don't know, I, I don't know what I wonder what he looks like uh, going up for interceptions. I just wonder what that looks like. I haven't seen that out of him. Uh, I'm sure there's a reason why he played defensive line and not nickel, but yeah, uh, Crosby he definitely has a shot. Definitely earned it. And fun fact, uh, Oakland, that's uh, Chris Creighton's, uh, that was his NFL team as a kid. So that's a that's a really cool moment, especially since it's a uh, Creighton's first commit to, first Creighton guy to come through EMU and get picked in the NFL. Awesome story there. And then in the sixth round, we see one, two, three, four, five players. Picked in the sixth round. They be Sutton Smith, Kadar Holman, Xavier Crawford, Ulysses Gilbert, and Scotty Miller. This is the most Mac players picked in a single round of the NFL draft uh, in any single draft. So that's a record. But yeah, Sutton Smith, he was the second guy that the Steelers took in the draft at 175. Uh, same deal with Max as Max Crosby. He was a defensive end, pass rusher. Um, listed as an edge player, but likely to play linebacker. I think, and I, and I, I think Pittsburgh said that they're going to use him as an inside linebacker, which makes a lot of sense because he's uh, much much shorter than than Max Crosby, listed at six one two forty. Well, two thirty seven is what he was listed in college. I don't know what they uh, what he weighed in at the combine, but I I can't imagine he came in at like two sixty or whatever. Two time All American. Obviously, that means he's a six-round pick, but he was insanely awesome, man. He plays with such a high motor, and he's just he's just felt like a stealer, right? It just makes sense. 139 career tackles, 58 and a half behind the line of scrimmage, 30 of them 
30 of them against the quarterback. He forced seven fumbles. Uh, he scored three times off of fumbles. One of them, I don't know if it was a fumble. I don't know if it was a listed fumble. But remember in 2017 when he just took the ball out of the Bowling Green running back's hand and just ran for the touchdown that way? Remember that? God, I, that that's what he provides to the Steelers. Oof. That was that was the sauce. Kadar Holman, former walk-on at Toledo, turned three-year starter. He had only uh, two interceptions, which is uh, you know just a question mark in itself. Didn't force any fumbles in college, but had 113 total tackles. Was pretty good in coverage. Um, had 12 passes defended as a senior, 27 for his career. Um, so I, I'm not surprised that. He got drafted because he was definitely a late bloomer in the the media circus that is the NFL draft, you know, media time, which is pretty much from the end of the season to now. Uh, but yeah, Kadar Holman, his name came up late, and he's been talked about a lot, so he has been picked 185th overall by the Green Bay Packers. The last time Green Bay took a Mac guy was also a cornerback, uh, Quentin Rollins. That ring any bells? Quentin Rollins, he's um, arguably the best player to come through a Chuck Martin program at MU, I would say. Uh, but he was, I don't think he was a defensive player of the year. He was definitely an all-Mac defender, um, but he was a second-round pick by, uh, by Green Bay in 2015, I believe it was. Um, and he wasn't even a he wasn't even a guy that came to the system via football. He was okay. That's a weird thing to say, but hear me out. Uh, Quentin Rollins he was a hooper for his undergrad and only played uh, football as a grad student, and that turned out really well for him. Uh, Xavier Crawford, uh, the third Mac corner to get his name called, uh, was drafted 195th overall. By the Houston Texans, so we had picks at 175, 185, 195. Um, but Xavier Crawford's going to the Houston Texans. Uh, he showed that he actually does have 4-3 speed. He showed that at the pro day. He didn't show at the combine, but you know Crawford's a good guy. He was a guy that went from Oregon State, transferred from the Beavers to the Chips uh, a couple years ago when Justin Hall, the guy who was the interim head coach at Oregon State, for a hot minute when he, you know, changed things up and transferred as well to Central Michigan for a new job and to be the corners coach there. Crawford moved with him, and now Crawford uh, has been taken in the NFL draft. Uh, like Kadar Holman, only two interceptions for his career, one with the Beavers, one uh, this past year, has 111 total tackles, had 70 as a freshman. Jesus, dude. Had 70 as a freshman, uh, but we only saw uh, he had 17 the next year, but it looked like it was a shortened season. And this past year where he played a full season, he had 24. I don't know what explains the 70, but it makes me wonder, where was that the rest of the time? And will we see that uh, from him at the NFL level? Ulysses Gilbert was probably the first real surprise to me. Well, me, I don't know. I did, I did say Deontay Johnson kind of shocked me. But the Ulysses Gilbert one really, really 
uh, stood out to me, but not as much as the guy after him, but we'll get to him later. Uh, the Steelers, oh, did I say there were two guys picked by the Steelers? I meant to say three because Ulysses frickin' Gilbert, who never missed a game with Akron, uh, was picked by the Steelers in the sixth round, 207th overall. Um, that linebacker had a billion, billion tackles. I'm just kidding. I have it open now. He had 357 total tackles. My bad. 184 of them all, 184 of them were all by himself. Uh, 28 and a half were behind the line of scrimmage. Had 11 and a half tackles for loss as a sophomore. Nine and a half as a junior. Seven and a half as a senior. Uh, he forced three fumbles his sophomore season. Uh, has eight passes defended. Uh, and as a junior, oh, you're going to like this. He had three interceptions for 69 yards. I know, right? But yeah, Gilbert, if, if you've ever talked to him, like Gilbert's an awesome dude to talk to. Uh, very, very polite. Has a very nice smile. Is very respectable. Uh, obviously, I know him from you know media events so like he had to put on a face but i i have no reason to believe that he's not like that all the time um because no one fakes the smile that he had but gilbert really awesome dude uh gave a lot to akron really loved that he played at akron really loved the relationship that he had with chakamato uh and continued to play passionate as a senior uh so you know really just good on him uh hopefully you know he bulks up and plays and performs really well with the Steelers uh, and it wouldn't be the first time that uh, a defensive player from the Mac impressed me with the Steelers because uh, Ola Adaini's doing pretty well for himself ain't he? The next guy, the last guy from the Mac that's that was drafted is the guy that, yeah I'll say he surprised me the most. I did not think that Scott Miller had a very good chance of being drafted and if he did I thought he was going to be drafted in the 7th round and he got picked in the sixth. The very next pick, actually, by Tampa Bay. Uh, their second Mac guy because they took Sean Bunting. But Scott Miller, uh, very, very productive receiver. A uh, lot of passes went his way over, you know, uh, the better part of three years. Uh, as a sophomore, he caught 74 passes for 968 yards, scored 10 times. The year after that, 63 receptions, 722 yards four TDs, and as a senior, uh, when everything went wrong, 71 catches, over 1,000 yards, 1,148 uh, receiving yards, and nine TDs. Uh, you know, the whole Mike Jinx era, it just wasn't that great. But having Scott Miller play as well as he did, be the under guy, under God, underdog that he always was, um, for him to be one of the one of the guys that we love to pimp out the most, the guys that didn't have any but just the one offer, the one opportunity to the one school that you know gave him the opportunity to be Bowling Green, to for him to just show out the way that he did after so many schools passed on him, and for him to feel like you know he also didn't feel like he belonged in the NFL, but it was the same feeling that he felt going out of high school. Um, for him to take on an actual under under God, underdog role. I can't say that. But yeah, Scott Miller, underdog, uh, very short slot receiver that ran for all the yards. Uh, he's a little dude, man. 5'11", 166. That's crazy. And 
he also adds the versatility of well to his resume let's just put it that way in his first two years he was the kick returner uh had 43 total kick returns for 793 yards didn't return any kicks as an upperclassman uh but did field some punts so i wonder you know if he's going to help out on special teams as a receiver he'll probably uh be a special teams contributor uh I think that's where he'll see a lot of playing time. Um, again, I'm not an NFL expert in any capacity, but you know, I didn't think Scott Miller was. I don't know. He's definitely fast. I think that that's why he has a job. Like once you run a four three, you're kind of guaranteed a an opportunity in the NFL. Um, in my mind, I thought Scott Miller would have been a high priority undrafted free agent and maybe that's where Tampa Bay thought of him too um, which is why he was picked in the sixth round but yeah that is everybody that was drafted all nine of them I'm just going to go through the list of undrafted free agents I'm not going to spend as much time on all of them um, but I do kind of need to say their names right I mean there are 31 guys who either signed undrafted free agent contracts or were invited to rookie minicamp. Uh, I'm just going to go through them alphabetically by last name, and obviously you can see this whole list on my blog, MacProspectus.com. Uh, safety Josh Allen from Miami. He was invited to rookie minicamp uh, in Cleveland. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, he's a corner. He had 148 career tackles, had three interceptions, and broke up 15 passes. Uh, Eric Asawa, uh, defensive end from Western Michigan. Uh, he's listed at 6'2", 240. Uh, but Asawa, he had 98 career total tackles, 11 sacks, 19 tackles for loss, and forced five fumbles. Uh, seems like a strong dude, but he was invited to Oakland's minicamp. Uh, Nate Becker from Miami. Nate Becker's not much of a pass catcher. He's more of a blocker. And that seems, uh, I mean, after, Jesus Christ, man, they drafted a tight end with the eighth overall pick, uh, which I'm not saying is a bad pick. I'm just, I just, yeah. Anyways, uh, Nate Becker, another tight end. He was signed by the Detroit Lions as an uh, undrafted free agent. Um, so hopefully he's going to give Detroit some uh, some run support. Uh, Kyron Brown, I love this dude, corner from Akron. He had 127 total tackles with the Zips, uh, five for loss. Um, he had five interceptions between his uh, his, fr- his 2016 and 2017 seasons uh, with a forced fumble as well. So I'm pretty interested to see how his career goes. Oh, and his junior year, he had 11 passes defended. Can't overlook that. Uh, Kyron Brown, really good Really, really, really fun defender to watch. He signed a deal with the Jets. Shakir Carr, offensive guard for Central Michigan. He signed a deal with Indianapolis. Josh Corcoran, uh, he signed a deal with the Chargers. Corcoran's a pretty good dude. He was a two-year starter, I believe it is, uh, for the Huskies. He had 91 total tackles, uh, 27.5 for loss, 16.5 sacks. He had 10 sacks last year. Jesus, 10 sacks. I didn't realize that. Um, but yeah, 
Hopefully he can get after quarterbacks that aren't playing for the Detroit Lions uh, as a uh, as a Charger. Evan Crouch, he ended up being a team captain his senior year, um, and th- you know he had to fill in for uh, you know for a lot of guys that had graduated the year before. Uh, he performed really well with 14 tackles for loss out of the linebacker spot. Uh, five and a half sacks, defended six passes as well. You know, all that's his senior year, too. Uh, listed at 6'1", 226. Uh, Crouch, he was invited to Jacksonville's rookie mini camp as well. Jamal Davis was a combine invitee to not get drafted, uh, but he was one of the first ones right after the draft ended to sign, uh, to sign a contract with the Houston Texans. Jamal Davis, he got his career started at Pitt, and then he transferred over to Akron. Uh, his first year with the Zips, he had 69 total tackles. That was very nice. And then his senior year as a pass rusher, he finished the year with 80 total tackles, 31 and a half uh, total tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks, um, forced two fumbles over his career, and he and also as a senior had six passes defended. Very nice. Uh, so yeah, Jamal Davis, he signed a deal with the Texans, as did NIU corner Jalen Embry. Um, Jalen Embry, he transferred over from Iowa, and in his two years with uh, the Huskies, he had 11 passes defended. Uh, didn't have any interceptions, though. That's not good. You need to intercept some passes, buddy. Montre Gregory, uh, do you know anything about intercepting passes? Uh, Montre Gregory from Bowling Green. Uh, he was invited to Kansas City's mini camp uh, on Sunday. Uh, 68 total tackles for his career. He knows one thing about interceptions because he had one as a junior that he returned for 18 yards. Uh, had 15 passes defended. Chuck Harris, or as uh, sportsreference.com will call him, Charles Harris. Uh, but Chuck Harris, he had a pretty fun career. I think he only missed like I think he missed two games with an injury as a senior, but he still finished with 22 tackles for loss, um, 12 sacks, 149 total tackles as an edge rusher for the Bulls. Uh, he signed a deal with the Bears right after the draft ended, uh, so that's good on him. Uh, I think you know I think Chicago is a very good fit for literally any defensive player ever. Uh, Jeremiah Harris he signed a UDFA deal with the Giants. Harris played on the other side of Max Crosby and finished his career with 216 total tackles, 31 and a half tackles for loss. Is that like the magic number? I feel like 31 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, I just said that with uh, Jamal Davis, although Davis said it and did that in half the time. Um, but still, man, that's that's good. Uh, 16 total sacks. Nine passes defended and seven forced fumbles. And he did that, you know, one as a true freshman, three as a redshirt sophomore, two as a redshirt junior, one last year as a senior. So he, you know, he's pretty good at that. That's a skill that he has. Uh, Reggie Howard, uh, defensive tackle for Toledo, who went the Juco route. Um, He signed a uh, UDFA deal with the Chargers. uh, So he's going to be teammates with uh, Josh Corcoran, uh, got behind the line of scrimmage uh, 19 and a half times to make some noise, two and a half sacks, uh, so that's, you know, that's good. Obviously, we already talked about Tyree Jackson, 
Anthony Johnson, he's another guy that uh, maybe I should be spending more time on, but I'm just not going to. But Anthony Johnson, he was, you know, first team all Mac wide receiver in 2017. I think in 2018 too, and you know, it was just exciting to see that. Anthony Johnson could be a first-round pick, and that's what we thought at this time last year just because, I don't know, CBS said so. And then he, you know, that same hype kind of built up a little bit over the summer and a little bit early in on the season, and then he got hurt, and then things kind of changed. And then he ran a 4-5-40, and he just wasn't the same. Uh, but he signed a, uh undrafted free agent contract with Tampa Bay, so it'll be exciting to see, you know, if he can, I don't know, just prove the doubters wrong, I guess. I don't know. I guess that's the thing that people like. John V. Johnson, uh, he saw his cousin Lonnie Johnson, the corner from Kentucky. He saw him get drafted. But John V. Johnson, he had to wait until after the, the, the draft to get a job, and he did with the, with the Dallas Cowboys as an undrafted free agent on a contract. Uh, John V. Johnson, he could have been a uh, late round sleeper but you know we only saw one Toledo receiver get drafted and I didn't think John Vey would be the second I wouldn't be I wouldn't have been surprised if he was the second if we did live in that reality because you know John Vey is good he's got size and he can uh, play the slot the thing with him and I don't know if I saw it too much just this past season but that might also be because quarterbacks didn't give him enough to drop if you know what I mean John Bay Johnson, I thought he had sort of a drop problem his junior year, and that kind of raised some red flags with me personally, but I still think he's a great, great talent, and, you know, the Cowboys are getting a good player out of him. And John Kenoy, uh, I think he played his entire career. I don't know if he missed any games um, with Western Michigan. I know he made 50, maybe 51 starts as a center, so sounds about right. Um but he signed a UDFA deal with the Vikings. Cam Lewis, the corner out of Buffalo, uh, he just like his uh, his good friend Tyree signed a uh, signed a UDFA deal with the Bills. Cam Lewis, he had let's count them up: five total interceptions, three just last year, twenty-two total passes defended, and three forced fumbles. So he, uh, yeah, good for him. Josh Miller, another cornerback that's kind of worth talking about. Uh, he was invited to Detroit's rookie minicamp. And Josh Allen, he was a he was a good leader his senior year. Uh, when things were changing on defense, as things were getting younger, they, were, they took a guy, um, A.J. Uzodinma, Uzo I think it was. They took him, who was a uh, an incoming freshman wide receiver, turned him into a baller of a cornerback. Um, or helped groom him in that regard. Um, but Miller, he had, uh, for his career, four total interceptions, uh, one forced fumble. He did that his uh, true junior season, uh, 131 total tackles. I wonder how he'll look in coverage. I wonder what kind of cornerback they want out of him. Um, that's just me as a Lions fan speaking, and now I'm going to move on. Odell Miller? Odell Miller from Western Michigan, he played as a lead blocker. And what I mean by that, he played tight end and he played fullback. Uh, and he wasn't there to catch passes for Western Michigan. He uh, has been invited to Cleveland's rookie minicamp. 
and he's been invited as an offensive lineman. Uh, what's he listed? 6'3", 270. So that checks out. Khalil Morris, didn't really talk about him too much ever. Uh, nose tackle for Kent State. He signed a deal with the Baltimore Ravens. Nelson, not Nelson, Morris had 70 career total tackles with the with the flashes. Six and a half for loss. Uh, had two sacks his senior year. Uh, he's listed at 6'2", 322. I got nothing more to say on him, really. Kylan Nelson was a defensive back for Ohio. He played pretty well, listed at 5'11", sub 200. Um, 164 total tackles, 7 for loss, 5 interceptions. Three of them were in 2016 um, and had one forced fumble just this past year before he graduated. He's been invited to Arizona's rookie minicamp. James O'Hagan, who was a four-year starter with Buffalo, he signed a UDFA deal with the Giants, so he'll be teammates with, obviously, Daniel Jones. Oh, God, I need to wrap this thing up, don't I? Running back, AJ Ouellette. Holy crap, I finally got to you 40-something minutes into this podcast. Uh, AJ Ouellette, who had an awesome career for Ohio. Can't say enough about him, but I'm going to say very few about him. Uh, but I will say, in the very few words, that he had 3,829 career rushing yards, uh, scored 32 times as a running back. Um, now he's getting his shot as a rookie minicamp invitee to Jacksonville. Uh, you know, I'm not surprised that he didn't just get signed right away, but I'm glad that he has a chance. I think he'll have, he might have to have like a lot of chances. I, I don't know if I want to say a lot, but... Ouellette's good enough to where if things don't pan out in Jacksonville, he'll have other opportunities in the NFL. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And I'm really rooting for him. Everybody loves this guy. But yeah, he's been invited to Jacksonville. Brock Rubel, who transferred to Toledo uh, as a grad student from Florida State, signed a UDFA contract with Tampa Bay. Uh, Albert Smalls, I don't know if he's signed. I don't know if he's just invited to minicamp. One way or another... Uh, Albert Smalls, the corner out of NIU, the other corner, not Jalen Embry. Uh, Albert Smalls, he's going to Oakland. Tatum Slack, the corner out of Buffalo, to not be confused with with Cam Lewis. Uh, He had 75 career total tackles, defended 15 passes, and now he's going to try out with the Detroit Lions. Quadarius Smith, K-Wad, as my friends on the other podcast uh, will call him. Uh, that wide receiver out of Akron, little guy, signed a UDFA deal with the Titans. Cody Thompson from Toledo, who's had an awesome career, and it sucks that he was ever injured ever because he did not deserve that. He deserved to finish that year strong and go to the NFL right after that. But here he is today, and he signed a UDFA deal with the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, over his career for Toledo, 181 catches, 3,312 yards, 30 TDs. And then Poppy White, uh, he almost had a 1,000-yard season once, uh, just this past year, actually. But he's been Ohio's top receiver over for the better part of three years, and now he signed a UDFA deal with Jacksonville. Jacksonville's really loving the Mac and these UDFA deals, aren't they? But yeah, that is everybody. Uh, there's obviously some guys that are left out, but we're 45 minutes in. I don't feel like talking anymore. I need some water. But off the top of my head, a couple guys that uh, didn't make it into uh, or haven't had an NFL opportunity uh, yet, hopefully. 
Jamari Bogan, running back from Western Michigan. Uh, he had a thousand yard uh, career, thousand yard season his freshman year. Forget not. James Gardner, uh, he was hurt and missed his uh, his senior season with the Red Hawks. Six four, two hundred and something pound receiver, big boy. Uh, was definitely used for the you know for contested passes. Obviously, that was how he was used in Miami. Doesn't look like NFL teams feel the same, and I understand that. But he always gave us the Notre Dame game, and that was a lot of fun. And I'm forever thankful for that, if nothing else. Uh, But those are two guys. Uh, Another guy off the top of my head, Khalil Hodge. Hello. I haven't heard his name yet. Uh, He had, you know, just like Ulysses Gilbert, uh, but in a shorter amount of time, a billion jillion tackles for uh, for the Bulls. So I'm surprised that we haven't heard anything of his name yet. Not even a rookie minicamp invite. Uh, there's some other guys, but I'm not really too confident in them. I'm not too confident with Kenny Young getting a shot. Uh, not too confident with Gus Ragland or even um, Tyler Wiegers, the two quarterbacks from Miami and EMU respectively, to get a shot. There's also Jimmy Leotiota, the the guard out of EMU. I wonder if he'll get a shot anytime soon, even as a rookie minicamp invite. And I think the last guy I'll throw out. Um, I guess I probably shouldn't be thinking too hard on this, should I? I guess I'll go Jamison Vest. Jamison Vest. Everyone needs a kicker, right? Come on. Come on. Vest is the best. Vest is the best. Vest is the best. But yeah, until that campaign pays off, I think I will end it there. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. Hey, email me. Tell me why you liked it. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what your thoughts are. Uh, you can tweet at me. I'm at ARLVarado13, at MacProspectus. Uh, you can email me, like I said, MacProspectus at gmail.com. Uh, tell me what, you know, just tell me what you're on, on your mind, man. Just tell me anything. I don't really care. I just want to hear from you. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on Anchor, iTunes, Apple Pod, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, blah, 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 blah. If you got a podcast app, you know how to use it. Just subscribe to the show that way. Again, thank you for listening, and have a great day.